Check test, Ron. Ron two. Ron. Paging Ron. Ron. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have bragged up the new headphones. There we go. Jesus. I had nothing. All right. I believe I'm set. Uh, so let's hit the intro and uh, and fucking do this, huh? Oh, hi Tim. I'm Troy. <laughs> Freaks and geeks, up, Troy? I'm drinkers, serious. thinkers, <laughs> and I'm ramblers and gamblers, stoners. Uh, hold on, I got these all <laughs> fucked up again. God damn it! It's this is state dependent learning. I need to be hammered to run the board correctly. Okay, <clears throat> trying it again. Freaks and geeks, drinkers, thinkers, ramblers and gamblers, stoners and pet owners, gather around. This is the Outsider Social Club, where us misfits, miscreants, outcasts get together and ramble, palaver, prattle, and get royally intoxicated while we do so. So without further ado, let's proceed. One for the party, baby, pop on the road, drumming, knock back a drink. Hello and welcome to the Outsider Social Club. I'm your master of ceremonies, uh, drinks with Ron, and I use cocaine and cocaine accessories. Uh, but, but let me digress. Usual rules apply. There's uh, over-under on cats and dogs. It's going to be 2.5 tonight. And as usual, drink if you hear a dog or a cat or a bong. And uh, speaking of drinks, we'll throw it to the godfather of drinks to set the remaining over-unders. Troy, what have you got on tonight's tap? Thanks, Ron. I'm a bit under the weather this evening, so I'm going to make a selfish over-under. For those of you who uh, like a good drink, we were going to have Moscow Mules, and it was going to be a three and a half over on that uh, this mm. evening. But if you're sick like me, you're going to stick with the light beers, and you're going to make it three. So three and a half okay. if you're hitting hard, three if you're sick. <clears throat> Unacceptable. All right. I feel weak. I feel like I've left what you guys down. I do, I do. I do feel let down. But oh, with this that. The return yeah. of Troy, and we only get three drinks. Yeah, Canada really did that to you, huh? Halifax kicked my ass. Unfortunate. Too much maple syrup. Yeah, with that, you've you've heard that other voice over there. That, of course, is Hashi, the Hashtronaut. Uh, Let's say hi to the folks. Uh, Hi to the folks. Well done. Um, And I'm also going to elevate, since the drinks are low, we will elevate the collective bong hit totals to uh, 6.5 tonight. So... That seems like a way to go. And, and you may have noticed that elevated over under for the bongs that I just dropped. Well, that's because we have a special guest on the show. This is a guy. I go way back with this guy. We, uh, we did our share of partying in Madison, Wisconsin back in the day. Uh, in fact, we attended the same broadcasting school. But if that's not enough bona fides, we're actually from the same small town in southwest Wisconsin. Tonight we are joined by hemp farmer, cannabis advocate, and man about town. Timmy T. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, nothing, Ron. What's going on, man? Uh, appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, obviously, I always like talking about the uh, cannabis plant. Uh, I mentioned we both went to Madison Media Institute back in the day uh, for TV and radio broadcasting and production. We're from the same small town, but we didn't really cross paths earlier. It was our, our, our story is a little more convoluted. I actually moved to Madison, got a job in West Town Mall, in the store that I worked in, Tim actually happened to work next door. So, you know, we started hanging out and smoking. And before I left town, we were actually roommates. We, uh, we had quite a few uh, shenanigans up there in our short time. We did. We smoked a little weed and uh, cruised uh, the uh, strip, I guess, a little bit, playing with our prime cold phones, if you remember those. <laughs> I've told that on the pod. It's, that shit predates uh, full-on cellular. We were, we were something else. Uh, yes, old, old ladies that were how can you afford to have a cell phone like it's 20 bucks a month lady right it's driving around talking about different prime co commercials we could make <laughs> because the the great thing with the prime co phone was incoming calls the first minute was free so if you had right. a buddy calling from a prime co you you go phone to phone and, hey free call that was <laughs> that used yeah, to be me. big times yeah me and hippie brandon that was our goal he'd fuck Dairy queen, hey, what are you doing what are you doing? I'm sitting in my house. You want to get high? Of course I want to get high. Okay, I'm on my way. Free call. It was the is the the height of technological goodness. 
That was that dude's name, man. I totally forgot what his name was. I just remember the long hair and driving around with our prime co phones. Yeah, Hippie Brandon. He actually came up uh, on one of the last few pods. I'm going to start getting into some of those older stories. I'm going to have to give you an assumed name for some of them. We had some dandies. Uh, well, 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 we had lives before this podcast. I don't think any of us want to go back that far, Rano. There's some <laughs> skeletons in their closets. I'm just saying. Well, the funniest part is I'd actually been hanging out at Tim's apartment in Madison for like a year before I moved up there, but never actually saw Tim because he was spending some time in county lockdown because uh, Tim and alcohol, <laughs> Tim and alcohol don't really uh, mesh real well. So I was setting you up to to, to tell somebody because we, we talked about how hard partying and drinking Wisconsin is. It's in the culture. We grew up. You just drove around in a car with a beer and probably 12 more. It's just no big thing. And, and yeah, you could party with the best of them. I could, man. We would steal the beer on Friday nights and drink it on Saturday nights and just kept one party going into another, you know? It's just weird to say that you haven't had it. How long has it been since you've had a beer? Um, I haven't put alcohol in my body for uh, almost 17 years now. It's amazing. Congratulations, it's amazing. bud. That's an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's still amazing to me thinking back on, you know, at one point, not ever picturing my life without alcohol. Now that it's been so long, like I don't even remember my life with alcohol, you know? Right. Yeah. I said you you and alcohol didn't jive real well. So it was probably a real good idea. But yeah, because one of the fun things about Madison, fun fact, uh, Madison has been essentially decriminalized since the 70s. I say essentially because it is still, you know, legal federally, but basically you get arrested for anything under an ounce. It's a parking ticket. They just get out of here. So, of course, you see why we had to move to Madison when we graduated high school. It was right. <laughs> the first party we had when we moved in the housewarming party. All I can remember is throwing up a 40 ounce of Colt 45 into the toilet, which was breathing because of all the acid that I took before the Colt 45. So it was. Uh-huh. Very memorable party. That's that's a good throw up. But uh, yeah, we used to slam down a few of them forty ounces. Man, I don't remember who that kid was that drank that many forty <laughs> ounces back in the day. Well, you had to get them down before they got warm. So it was not only an uh, an adventure; it was also a challenge. So it was, right, right, right. But but lest people think that you still can't party because you don't drink. I just made the crew aware of the fifth generation. You want to walk these guys through that whole ordeal? Yeah, so uh, I did it once a long time ago, but generation joints are basically taking roaches and re-rolling them into another joint. So five roaches make a second generation, right? Then you take five second generation, you make a third generation. Uh, Honestly, I couldn't even tell you the exact number it takes, and I counted while stoned probably 50 times. (laughs) Um, But it's about 800 to 850 joints at takes to get to one fifth generation joint and it took me almost six months to the day and i got to a fifth generation joint so i'm working my way up to the sixth generation now but that'll literally take me a couple years is that even smokable i mean it looked like coffee i was like holy shit it was some of the worst weed i smoked but it's more (laughs) about the uh the pride in getting there i'm with you completely completely it's like brewing your own beer, you know? It's just another level of enjoyment. Right. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be any good. I just like, oh, I'm, I got it. got to pour exactly. it out the wall. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you've always been an advocate and uh, and whatnot. And like I said, we lived in Madison where it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, I remember being in your in your bathroom, this is the size of a broom closet, trying to pass a joint back and forth while your sister's yelling at us about how much tar is in those things. <laughs> like ah yeah. the old days yeah, so, yeah she's it, learned a little she's learned a little since then too so <laughs> yeah yeah ran into her at the class reunion and pointed that out to her <laughs> it's like yeah, oh right the irony she's like no irony yeah. get outside right now I'm like yes <laughs> i'll see you there nice. yeah so you've always been an advocate so the next steps coming into the the hemp license explain the whole process how did how i mean wisconsin's not exactly friendly to any of this what what kind of hoops did you have to jump through to get this thing going well honestly it wasn't that big a deal i quit drinking like in 2006 or whatever and uh met my wife in 2009 we got married excuse me 2012 
and I forget if it was like 2017, but Wisconsin legalized hemp growing. And uh, like the second I had the opportunity to grow any kind of legal cannabis plant, I was all in. So right. we filled out the application and sent it in and they approved us right away. And we were growing legal hemp that first summer, which I'm pretty sure was 2017. But Okay. And I know I've heard tales of how, uh, tight and restrictive it is on the THC content in the plants. Is that something you've run into where you've had it too high or how do you get around having a plant that has too much THC to take to market? Well, honestly, it'd be, it's pretty ridiculous because like it is. you have to buy certified hemp seeds. So then you're guaranteed to have the right percentage of, uh, you know, or not a, a high percentage of THC. Um, but ultimately, if it's too high, because they have to send state inspectors in every year and they take part of your buds and they go test it. And if it's too high, then you have to destroy the entire plant or the entire crop. Sorry. Right. And I've heard of that happening. So you've, are you just, is you, are you doing this through, like you said, the seeds or is there another trick to try to keep that level low? No, it's just, it's all in the seeds. You just buy certified hemp seeds okay. and, uh, like I haven't grown for a couple of summers now because so many people grow it to make what our, what our specialty is, is we make CBD coconut oil ah. and to grow it for what we got out of it just wasn't worth the effort. Cause you can buy it off of Facebook or Craigslist by the pounds for next right. to nothing. So mm-hmm. um, we don't really grow it anymore, but when I did grow it, we didn't have any problems. Uh, the bigger problem that we had was the, uh, the hemp borer which is a stupid little bug oh. that gets in your, in your buds. And if you don't catch it and if you can't treat it, then uh, like it takes out all your buds. It's quite disgusting. You can open up your little buds and find larvae in there and stuff. And Oh, I've smoked my share of those. <laughs> undisputable. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, we, we're more about just uh, making the coconut oil now than grow, actually growing the hemp. Okay. And then you can just, you handle that the same way. It's just through, through the fucking business and it's all already been certified clearly. So. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've had it lab tested for a percentage of CBDs and stuff. And then, so we just take, we buy the hemp and make it, uh, you know, infused it into the coconut oil and then uh, you can use it topically or hmm. eat it however you want, but get the CBD in you one way or another. Yeah, well, I sure appreciate uh, your efforts there, Tim. Because uh, I live, I live in uh, Idaho, and uh, we're still in 1947 land. Oh, Jesus! And uh, we had a truck that came through from uh, I don't know North Dakota, headed to California, full of hemp rope, and it was confiscated and destroyed by the state police because it was hemp. Wow! THC independent. It was just hemp. They just seized it, put the trucker in jail for trafficking, and he had to get a whole bunch of support from his trucking company and holy fuck. legal advocates to get out of the, out of the clink. So fellas don't come to Idaho. Yeah. That is straight up ridiculous. Like 1937 bullshit. Yeah. I thought Wisconsin was bad being gerrymandered shitless, but, uh, that's cause that's the thing we, we, we are now almost completely surrounded by legal States. And I think Iowa is heading that direction as well. But uh, in Wisconsin, the the Democrats got 53% of the vote to get themselves a whopping 36.36 of the seats. So uh, I don't think we'll be legalizing anytime soon. So, yeah, I thought I thought they'd be a lot more restrictive on on the hemp rules, too. But at least we're not not in Idaho's camp. Jesus H. Christ. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's pretty it's pretty okay. They've got. uh... Like I said, as long as you're at the right level of THC, you really don't have any problems. The problem is getting rid of it and liquidating it. There's not enough um, processors, in my opinion, that do it right um, to justify people doing it in mass, in my opinion, anyways. So yeah, processing like requires that. food grade boilers and, and uh, separators and thrashers and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, well, ultimately, like, we make our own coconut oil, so it's ultimately just buying organic coconut oil, infusing the uh, the CBD through the hemp, just like you would THC. But one of the things I found is a company in Milwaukee who uh, will take all the hemp you can get, but instead of paying you cash for it, they give you, like, a they keep, like, a percentage of the tincture or whatever, right? Uh... They make this uh, 
CBD tincture and then they keep a percentage of it. And, and my take is farmers don't grow corn to then sell it themselves. You know, they want to check. Right. And, and I, like shit, I even told deal with it. Yeah. I told the guy, like, if you write me a check, I will bring you hundreds of pounds of hemp, but that's not how they do it. So, right. like I said, there's just some hitches in the giddy up and as far as uh, making it justifiable for a lot of people to go hemp. I think that's more market driven or is that more based on the rules? It's probably just the no, market I think it's market driven. Want, they don't want to get their hands in on that. Yeah, I just don't think they can get the capital to a buy the building and then. Uh, you know, lay out that kind of cash for somebody or some wholesalers to bring a couple hundred pounds, you know, and and it wouldn't even be that much, but I, I just, I don't know the logistics behind it, but I don't think it's the law that necessarily prevents that. Okay. Yeah, I just keep hoping. So we got Michigan there, Minnesota, and Illinois. I, I was trying to get on board and it's like, God damn, they're going to sit there and let all that tax money drive over the border and just wave bye-bye to it. Yeah, but here we are. It is really quite ridiculous that like the number of states that have and Wisconsin's always been fairly progressive and that kind of thing. And like now we're just locked by the party of freedom, you know? Right. The, the, the party that loves small business and personal freedom and government out of your life is not going to allow those small businesses to open up and uh, people to make their own decisions. So it's just spot on. Right, because I got to be tough on crime. <laughs> right, yeah, just create some crime. That's a, that's a good way. Yep. Crack down Certain on it. Kinds of crime. Yeah, I'm going to ignore other types of crime, but you know. That's so I got to ask, how did you guys miss uh, King of the Hill on the uh, neighbors thing, man? Uh, that that did come fail. up. That's a big fail on all of our parts. That's a big fail. Um. It was really more about just not having room for uh, another set of four in there, honestly. And then, yeah, it was tough. To, who do you pick out of that group? That's yeah, who, who, who picks, moves on. It's whoever picked cartoons. That's the person. Is that Ron? Ron That'd be me. Yeah. Yeah. So Ron, it's it's all on you. It's because, Ron's issue. Yeah. That's fair. Because mine was all Trailer Park Boys. That was the four I picked. But we should have had a King of the Hill bracket, like like. There should have been four King of the Hill people. We should have yeah, had yeah, those four guys. Just, they just stand out there drinking beer. I mean, that's. But then you can't have Hank do. in there though, because he's. So you only got three. It's like, who do you make your fourth? They go, uh, on. There you go. Oh, perfect. Yeah, he's a perfect four seed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Going against Boomhauer in the first round. Uh, Dale's such a bad neighbor, but a good neighbor at the same time. <laughs> right. But. The government ever comes in, you'll be set. <laughs> <laughs> or if you need a haircut. Goddamn microphone's outsmarting me. Well, it seems like everything's outsmarting you tonight, Rono. That's fair. I don't think I'm high enough. That's probably what I should do. I haven't heard a single rip yet, and usually we're at least three rips in by 20 minutes of recording, so you better step up your game. Yeah. Then well, normally I'm not really ship, doing yeah. much. Yeah. I just I just do a I do a little intro to you, and then you kick it back, and then I just start pulling rips. So it's yeah. I'm actually actually had paper and ink brought into this shit tonight. It's weird. <sighs> Show prep. I know. If we're not careful, I smoked a whole in. joint. However many bong rips that's worth. Oh, absolutely. We were yeah. actually what? Well, so let's calculate this. Let's convert what, that. Let's convert this. How many bong rips is a joint? Hmm. I guess I would say stoned equivalency, uh, five, uh, four or five bong rips. Okay. I was going to say three, but okay. Oh shit. I was, I was, I was going to go higher. I can, I take a fucking 15, 20 puffs off that doobie. Shit. Depends on what generation joint I'm smoking. <laughs> so, yeah, if it ain't first generation, it's going to be a lot more. That's that's what I've gotten from your story so far, Tim. I got yep, a exactly. I had a roach jar. So in high school, like senior year of high school for me, I had the apartment and I lived by myself, and all the roaches went in a jar. And I had this one kid that would come over, and he he never had any money. And so every now and then I would just like make him either clean my house or something like that. But I had just cleaned my house. So I was like, all right, yeah, like you can smoke, but the only thing you can smoke is the roach jar and 
you have to smoke you have to like break them all down and roll them into blunts and then smoke them until they're gone and so that was the th- and so he mm. he got four blunts of second gen second gen blunts out of it and there then go. all right he got to a point with the i think it was the third or fourth generation but it just wouldn't even it, it was just like on fire but not burning at all just smoldering yeah just, like, <laughs> no just air like, draw because yeah, we can I mean, marijuana charcoal at that point Pretty much. It was a briquette. Yeah. Right. All that resin just gooped up. Can't get a clean draw. You know, for all you movie all you movie fans out there, there's a heck of a reference from uh, the movie Rio Bravo starring John Wayne with Dean Martin. They got a John. There? Yeah. John Wayne's in the bar and uh, old Dean Martin comes in and needs a drink. And all the locals make him drink out of the spit tune before they give him a beer. So uh, that sounds like what Hash was doing to his buddy in high school. Mm-hmm. Mean, mean bastard that you are. There's always some of those nice weed adjacent jobs, though. Uh, my buddy Jonah, he had his own weed gimp, is what they used to call it. Um, there's the same dude, like uh, like Hashi was saying, came over, never had anything in his hands, and it was, hey, Cam, you take that giant tray full of all the shake and and just pounds of seeds from this compressed brick bullshit that we're getting you got to clean through them all and just so this dude would come over to his house and you just go through this tray and clean them out and just roll up joints as he went like all right you got one rolled and they laid it up pass it around like keep going they just weed gimp never had one of my own but it sounds sounds handy i don't know i'm i'm too much beholden to the man i can't uh can't find your all's culture where i'm sitting so i uh, i just gotta listen oh, and fair. listen and smile and nod like i pretend like yeah yeah i still um, just laugh at uh up in smoke from like 1980 when chong it'll be legal in a few years man so at that point i'll have all the experience and here we are 40 something years later and still fucking waiting there was an interview in um in one of the local weeklies in in Portland, uh, it was a few years after uh, they had legalized marijuana, and it was with Isaac Brock from the band My- Modest Mouse. Oh, and <laughs> the majority of the interview consisted of him complaining about the legalization of weed because it put his drug dealing friends out of business. <laughs> and, and, and like this is like a millionaire musician and i'm thinking what a fucking weird take that is what's daryl gonna do now man like, this is like all not knows not even from the standpoint of like how many less people are criminalized for it or you know <laughs> the fact that a lot of the tax money goes to education right but my dirt bag fucking <laughs> drug dealing <laughs> friends don't have a job anymore oh that's sad. That's sad. In this economy? Did you used to be cool? Where Saturday was more like parties and drugs instead of streaming and an early bedtime? Are you ready to get back in the party saddle, but don't even know what cool drugs are, let alone where to find them? Sounds like you need Drug Buddy. That's right, Drug Buddy. Just purchase our basic plan, and on the first of every month, Drug Buddy shows up at your door with one of our carefully curated intoxicants. Not sure what you're doing? No problem. Not only will Drug Buddy show you how to administer the drug of the month, but we'll take the time to explain it to you, from slang names to street value to side effects. And after your sample, Drug Buddy will stick around for a few minutes to ensure that all is well, and then will discreetly depart. Drug Buddy never lingers. And if you like your drug of the month, simply use the app within 24 hours and click Bring More, and your delivery is guaranteed with Drug Buddy's... Guarantee. We'll say that again. There's still some the same stuff we got yesterday guarantee policy. And you never need to worry about a bad batch because Drug Buddy makes sure you're at the end of the consumer chain. That means at least 100 people have purchased, sampled, and enjoyed these products with no ill effects before Drug Buddy even puts it into rotation. That means you pay a little more, but you're never the guinea pig for a stepped-on batch. So kiss that cocaine cut with baby laxatives goodbye. And when you do, you can send unreliable and lingering dealers with it. You'll love your drug buddy. Discreet. Secure. High quality. Never lingers. 
and customized to your taste. You'll love your drug buddy. Drug buddy from Taintco. So did we settle? Let's get uh, an opinion, a ruling from Yikes here. We're trying to convert a joint into bong hits. What do you say uh, a normal average size joint converts to in terms of bong hits? Three. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't, I don't that's, well. That's the second vote for three. I think that's oh, wow. okay. the leader in the clubhouse. I was going to put it much higher, but you guys, I don't know. I guess I have a small bong. Maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's what we're, we have some, some differences here of the size of the bowl on the bong. It's called penis run. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the dong. Yeah. No, um, I think, yeah, it depends on two things. One, how big of a bong rip you take and two, how big of a joint you rip. For me, I take very large bong rips and I smoke medium sized joints. And so three bong rips to a joint is about what it equates to. Okay. All right. You're making me want to smoke a joint instead, but I need the audio payoff. <laughs> anything, anything for the pod, right, Ron? Oh yeah, right, right. I'm just getting high because of the 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 bit. That's. <laughs> I mean, literally. I think I'm... once you take three bong rips or get half a joint down, it's all a blur. After that, anyways, it's all the same. <laughs> tomato, right. tomato, you know. Yes. Six in one and half dozen over there somewhere, like the old saying goes. Yeah, I actually got to go, what was it, a couple of years ago now, but I went, uh, got to go out to Tim's place and check out the whole uh, hemp setup in a little greenhouse, and a good time was had by all. I uh, brought Ted Jansen with me, friend of the podcast. There was some goats involved. You still got all the goats and shit? No, nah, we don't have any goats. We got rid no of our animals. Goats. So. Oh. Big marshmallow bear. Oh, that is a large fucking dog. That yeah, dog. he's the king of high five acres. <laughs> Would you say that dog got hit by a car and just like got up and was like, oh, shit, better get something to eat. He did. He got rolled and ran in back into the woods and was gone for a couple hours and came back like nothing happened. Like, hey, guys, you hear somebody got hit down there? Damn this thing. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't see yeah, anything. Exactly. You know? I was in the woods. Wasn't me. Yeah. Mm. Of course, Bug, it's a drink, so I got to stay on you fuckers. Nobody's been drinking lately. (laughs) I think that might get us to the collective over for bongs. I had a set at 6.5, and I think that puts us at 7 with the uh, joint conversion equivalency. Well done, fellas. (laughs) I think it's been like a half hour. Oh, we're going to keep going. We're going to hammer the over. Yeah, get a get an in-game uh, in-game parlay or some shit. I don't know. I'm making up terms. Any of those right? I don't know about no gambling. Sounds like that's a a, a thing. We should ask Sia what he's up to. What he's got to those say. Those were gambling words, right? Timmy, you were saying um, when the plant gives above the the you know the legal threshold for THC, it gets it gets uh, removed. What percentage is that? Like. Um, I- I believe it's 0.03% THC and above is uh, no longer hemp. Wow. It'd take like a truckload of that to catch a buzz. Like, oh, no. Yeah. And like, I get if it's 21%, you know, obviously you're flirting with it, but literally you could spend your summer growing a crop and like 0.04 and you got to destroy it, you know? Point zero four. I mean, there's a goddamn zero after the decimal place, and it's like, still, I said, yeah. take a fucking dump truck load to get high. Like, oh no, 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 that's too much. You know, we don't want to go. We don't want people exposed to hemp here. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, and then I hear yeah. stories from you guys where it's just like, oh yeah, there's just bags of weed laying around. People are just like, you want to take this? I can't do nothing with it. Yeah. I just grew some shit that was like 34% or something like that. It's insane. Nice. It's so interesting because it's like the market seems right now like really, and Hash can speak to this, but it seems like in the Northwest, <laughs> like the market is completely saturated. Like if you go into a store, um, the same store that I was going to 
I don't know, two and a half years ago, I came back to Spokane. Um, like all of their top shelf, like let's say an eighth, like everything was $45 and above. Uh, and now it's all 20, 25. Like it's like 50% less in three years. It's such a strange market in that way. Uh, is, is it just like people trying to make their money back off initial investment or just the market corrects itself? Like what, what leads to that? I can, I can. So big, a big reason that the Oregon market, I don't, I can't speak to Washington, but I, I'm, I'm guessing because I know that the same thing happened to Oregon that happened in Oklahoma and the stuff in Oklahoma that happened bled to California and multiple other States. But, uh, Lots and lots, and by lots and lots, I mean, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars started to get pumped in to um, the American economy from Chinese markets to undercut uh, to undercut weed. And, and, and from the people that I've heard that have interacted with some of the people running these places, they've said that it's Chinese mafia. You know, I, I don't, I'm, you know, that's reckless speculation. But all I know is that there was a very, very large farm busted in um, southern Oregon just recently. And there was a bunch like a, a, an ass load of warehouse in, warehouses in Oklahoma. Um, point is that the, the market has been flooded by people just just absolutely <laughs> growing, you know, absurd amounts of cannabis. And so it's crazy. Yeah, you have pounds. Pounds used to go for you know, um, twenty two hundred bucks here, and now you know people are lucky if they get five hundred for them a lot of the time. And so, you know, in the in the store, you're looking at you know thirty five dollars or thirty dollars for like top shelf ounces. God damn. It's I didn't get those prices back in the '90s when it was that shitty compressed uh, Mexican brick stuff when you peel no, it that, apart and yeah. seeds come shooting out and bandsaw yeah. burn marks on the end. Like we used to get <laughs> uh, ounces of that stuff. It was Canadian brick because we were right by the Canadian border. Oh, but it was two two hundred bucks an ounce, and it was you know uh, a full ounce looked like an eighth of weed, you know, just because of how compressed <laughs> it was. And it was disgusting. right. You think, I got ripped off, and then you start just keeps peeling. I guess the baseline for us back in the day was like a hundred dollar ounce. That was just like oh, twenty dollar eight. Like Jesus Christ! I remember a buddy of mine telling me back in broadcasting school that uh, <clears throat> a dime bag they they didn't use weights; they used the cellophane, and then it was how many fingers you put up. You'd feel ten bucks was two on the bag. And like uh, I feel like I missed out. It's like, yeah, I always went to the guy who had the biggest hands. That's, uh, that's who I'm getting my bags from. <laughs> Fucking giant offensive lineman. Yeah, two fingers, Chet. Let's let's go. Top pour my drinks. All right, that's a, that seems reasonable. I, mean, I can. I don't trust myself. To, I still have to use the actual measurement, otherwise it gets out of fucking hand. It's like ah, that an ounce. Of course, it gets out of hand. That's the whole point. <laughs> no, the that's point why he's is spreading his fingers. We record on school nights. We don't. I don't need to be going into work fucking dragging tomorrow. I got to save that for Tuesday night. So what you're saying is on this podcast is like your reserved self. Yes. Wow. Holding back. Okay. Terrified. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Please. Wisconsin drinking culture. Please don't drive out here. You have have the stamina of a, a werewolf and a bison. It's bad because I'm actually starting to build my tolerance back up, and it's because of you assholes. I, I noticed I stayed up to like one one of these nights getting drunk, and I went into work, and I was like, wait a minute. I feel fine. This this shouldn't be. I got like five hours of sleep, and I was shit-can hammered. Like, uh-oh. These are 1990s levels for me. I'm Let's- back, baby. Maybe <laughs> just for a short time until the liver fucking flames out, but... Until then, we'll just we'll just keep going to work. But I've I've reached the over. We're on uh, I'm on number four now, so I'm gonna give myself that. Uh, yeah, and oddly, no no dogs. It's yeah. Where's Ted too? I mean, I was expecting you know some chit chats over here. He's yeah. Little fucker hasn't made a sound. 
Ted there's Jensen's a, upstairs. There's two cats here. Uh, one of them just has been in the basement since I got here uh, two days ago. I have not seen it. And the other cat did not want to see me for a day. And then I went to bed last night and it was just super pumped to see me. <laughs> and just like all like I hadn't like seen it or anything like that. And all of a sudden it was dark in the room. And I just heard these like, burp, 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 like, like chirp barks. And I was like, what the uh, hell is happening? As the cat was all pumped to see me. I was like, oh, fucking okay. weird. Cats are funny, man. Like sands through the hourglass. These are all my cats. All My Cats, sponsored by Caramel Liqueur. Because why the hell not? Say old hippie Brandon, not to go back to Madison, but my buddy hippie Brandon had a theory that cats are actually alien probes sent here to observe us and report back on all the things we do. And I I can't dispute it. As crazy as it sounds, it does make sense. I mean, it's like a movie on Comet TV. (laughs) Or on the History Channel. You know, with the, with the hair. So wait, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. I love Giorgio. I'm going to grow my hair out just so I can do that for Halloween next year. I wish start, I could. I'm going to start now. You're going to have to. You might already be too late. No, I think I could do it. Okay. I'm going to be heat miser for the 44th consecutive year this year for Halloween. <laughs> I'll put extensions in if I have to. Oh, shit, the dog just sat on my keyboard. I hope that doesn't result in some unwieldy shenanigans. I could could go sideways. Certainly we've got more poignant questions for our guests than talking about our own bad experiences, though. (laughs) I would hope so, but... Well, why don't you... I mean, this is difficult because some of us came in halfway through, so I'm not sure what ground we've covered. We might need a recap, Ron. We might. Seriously, I might know... All right. Well, you know what? That seems like a that seems like a resonable request. So, uh, Re- a what? That's yeah, resonable. That sounds like something I'd say. <laughs> well, let's get you uh, let's get you brought up to speed <clears throat> with a recap. I was professional as fuck, and I uh, I brought ink and paper into this, so I had notes. So uh, we went over uh, our background, where I know Tim from. He's actually from my hometown. Said we didn't really hang out there, but we hung out in Madison, where uh, weed has essentially been decriminalized since the 70s. We have some uh, pretty good party stories, which we actually didn't really get into. Uh, then we covered over uh, uh, Tim's cannabis uh, uh, enthusiasm and, and being a supporter and how that parlayed into a hemp business. And then uh, we just went off the rails talking about dogs and shit. So I think you're caught up. That's where you say thank you, yikes. <coughs> Pardon me? <coughs> Uh, you're my favorite yikes you're my favorite (laughs) what did i do (laughs) we gave you the recap and and troy was like say thank you and you're like pardon (laughs) (laughs) i thought he said thank you yikes and i was like i didn't do anything (laughs) like yeah no we know (laughs) i completely concur listen justin i i like i've i haven't been at this very long but I've only done this with Ron and Troy, and I still don't have any fucking idea what they're talking about half the time. So I just got to roll with it, you know? It was. I don't think Ron knows he's talking about half the time, so <laughs> you're... Checks out. <laughs> no, usually by the end of hour one, I'm just fucking winging it and hoping... Uh, I mean, all he knows is Georgia and Oral Roberts. <laughs> oh, uh, so... I'm curious, and this was probably covered, but we didn't go into specifics. So, like, what's the size and scope of a hemp, like a of your business, so uh, particularly? Um, 
you know, it's it's pretty small to be honest, uh, because it's uh, difficult to like uh, advertise CBD and stuff like that. It's hard to network. Facebook and Google limit that kind of advertising and stuff. Um, and to be truthful, like CBD to me is just kind of a thing that I do because I could get a license to do it. And it looks uh, my like only we... goal. My only goal is to. Um, once THC is legalized to put the THC into my coconut oil and then I feel like that's going to be the business I'm working on. All I want to do at this point was secure the name and print some t-shirts you know. (laughs) Gotcha. That makes sense. So then does that make you feel pretty proactively how do I put it, politically involved in in the way that's moving in your state? Um, Like 15 years ago I was up at the Capitol stumping, meeting with congressmen and, you know, representatives and stuff and sending out email on top of email and making phone call on top of phone call and just telling everybody I could talk to about my beliefs and why I think marijuana should be legalized. Um, but now, like, I don't want to say I'm burned out of it because I still, everybody in my world knows what I'm about, but man, them fuckers just don't even vote on it so it's like no, frustrating I, year after year after year no. to have them not even vote on it they like it's like you get nowhere with them it's it's fruitless yeah that and bill has been sitting in the wings for like 15 years they just won't even let it come to the floor no exactly and it's all because uh you know and i've voted both parties i'm i'm typically pretty liberal but uh like the fucking republicans in this state man that are just like sitting on it and not doing anything with it when people could have jobs and people could just fucking stop getting arrested, you know, and like, right. It's ridiculous. Like if you listen to hypocrisy, if you listen to him talk about small businesses, it sounds like they want to fillet small businesses yet. They won't allow these to exist. Like I can't make it. They won't bring it to the floor because if they vote against it, they look like fucking morons. So Stall it. That's what every doing. other argument they have in every other topic supports the legalization of marijuana. Yeah. But when it comes to the legalization of marijuana, they just don't. Literally four of their biggest principles wrapped up into one solid issue, and they are opposite on it. Yep. Like, keep the government so if, out of your so life. If, uh, so if weed does become legal in your state, is that a something you're going to look into growing with your business? Like, would you completely switch over to just going with that model instead of going just, you know, your hemp and CBD, or would you do all three? Uh, No, 1 million percent. It would be all about the THC because, um, and it would never be, you know, super scalable because I couldn't patent it, but the process we have for um, infusing the CBD or THC into the coconut oil, we think is superior to anything we've ever tried. So I just kind of have a vision of like Thompson's hemp company having jars of coconut oil and other little offshoot ideas of that, like at every little local dispensary in the area. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Speaking of THC, tell them the name of the business. Yeah. It's Thompson's hemp company. Just perfect. You got and it. T-shirts Grace. are available where? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That's that's getting you the tuba. Uh, t-shirts are available by direct messaging me. I can hook you up. I know some guys might be hooking you up. Now, yeah, do you, let me know. Do you send the or does your uh, product sell outside of the state? Do you um, we can. Yep, we can ship uh, CBD oil wherever. Yeah. Um, we don't do a lot of it anymore, to be honest with you, just because of the fruit wasn't worth the labor, I guess you could say. You know, there's a few people that did it, but my wife and I both work full time and to market that and all that stuff for, I don't want to say just CBD oil, but my <laughs> right. passion isn't CBD oil. My passion is tetrahydrocannabinol. Word. <clears throat> I can get with that. I've never, the the CBD is cool. And I I had like a a pump of this shit, like 300 milligrams, and I was putting it in my coffee every morning. 
after a month, I could kind of tell. I'd have my coffee, and it was like a little bit of, oh, okay. We had several people give us like real positive feedback about pain relief um, from taking our CBD oil. And honestly, one of the most mind-blowing aspects of it was the people that actually gave it to their pets, that gave uh, it to their older pets. Like, seriously, yep. the one, one lady was like, our dog jumped in the back of the truck for the first time in like five years. Wow. And like, so... So I know it works. Um, like I said, it's just not my passion. And we yeah. still do the oil for some of those people for their pets and stuff. We just do it in smaller batches and mm. more made-to-order stuff. Yeah, and you can, I mean, if you were to grow, switch over and grow actual, you know, um, crystallized cannabis, um, you can always get your, you can always extract your CBDs out of it and continue to do all those tinctures and stuff and a complete hypothetical, Tim, is, uh, you know, X years down the road, things are legal. You got your 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 operation up and running with, you know, whatever works for you and your your full-time other jobs and your your hobbies. What kind of strains are you going to be growing? What's what's going to be your specialty? What's what's Thompson's Hemp Farm going to be famous for? Aggressive stevias or, or chill uh, chill sort of things? Or uh, what are you all about? Aggressive stevias. Is- <laughs> now, that's what I want to put in my coffee. Put, put that in the band in the band name chat. No, um, here's the thing. To be real, I kind of envision it like the way hemp is now. Like, um, I won't necessarily need to grow it uh, because there'll be so much of it on the marketplace that I'll just be able to buy it. And we will be known for that uh, THC-infused coconut oil. Because, like I said, the coconut oil is amazing. And you could take that and put it in your coffee. You could make cookies. You can make brownies. You can, you know, I mean, you can eat it by the spoonful. You know, so I just have this picture of like people grabbing these jars out of all the dispensaries and gas stations in the area and like just waxing fat on that one product and, and specializing in that. That sounds all right. I could eat a handful of that, make some popcorn. When you use the coconut oil, like anything you do, like I've done, I've made the butter before and it always has a pretty strong right. weed taste. But yeah. the coconut oil, it's almost like yeah. you don't taste the, the oh. cannabis in it at all. But I want yeah. the weed taste. But <laughs> it, it matches so much better. You're, you're right about that. The flavors of coconut and cannabis. Because with butter, it can it just overpowers it. As much as if you like it or not, you know what I mean? It, it makes the weed brownie or the weed whatever taste so much stronger of actual THC. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't I even I don't even filter mine out. I grind it up and put it right in the butter and leave it in. I'm I think that out. has to do with some of the fat molecules in the coconut oil that helps absorb that stuff, but uh. I don't know. <laughs> I no scientist. <laughs> so tell me if I'm right or wrong, because I uh currently do not have a pet, but I'm a lifelong pet owner. Um mm. And I hadn't heard much about the whole, you know, put your aging pets on CBD. I hear more and more people doing it and trying it. Like, are there any, like, national companies or brands doing that? And if not, if you want to cut me in, like, 40, you know, 60, I'll help you market that company. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but but that, seems, that, that seems like an enormous market. The crossover of people who accept marijuana, like, and have it in their life and have pets has to be astronomical. I have seen some CBD pet marketing out there. I have seen it. So I know that um, it's probably, you know, who knows what kind of company it was, but um, it's a fairly popular thing, I believe. Seems like it would be. Yeah. We give uh, the dog that I'm house sitting right now, she's 16. And uh, she gets 50 milliliters of, of, of CBD with her breakfast and dinner. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she li- it, She seems to like it, you mm. know, perks her up, you know. Got something to come. Dogs love dog. the coconut oil, too. You just melt it and put it right on their dog food, and the dogs will just chow that stuff up. Hmm. I never thought of that. Yeah. <clears throat> Ted Jansen might go for that, but he doesn't need to be getting high anymore. That was... That was a long ride for him. Ted Jansen's always high. I was gonna. <laughs> no, Ted Jansen doesn't like it. He he's like a little boy scout. He looks at you like, "What you're doing is wrong. What are you That's, doing? 
It's yeah, wrong, Kay. Well, well, bad. Dogs are bad, Kay. Yeah, that's Ted. But, you know, when he ate like three quarters of a gram of dab oil, I mean, he fucking saw through time. Well, you should have named him Ted. You should have named him, you know, a little cooler name. It's all your fault, Ron. It's Ted Jansen. You made, he was, you made a cop dog. He's he was cool. named before he was born. Yeah. Years before. Years, centuries. Yeah. <clears throat> well, my kid was like three. She was going to bed one night. We're putting her down. And said, if you ever got a dog, what would you name it? She put her finger on her chin and went, hmm, I'd call him Ted Jansen. Like it was the most normal thing in the world. And like, Ted Jansen? Like I'm waiting for fucking Spot or Rover. Like, no, nope, first and last name. So when we got a dog like eight years later. You know you're naming him Ted Jansen, right? You said if you got a dog, that's what you do. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, um, all right. So, yeah, it's like, admit it. Commit to the fucking joke. It's hilarious. Ted Jansen. That's the best part of little kids when they have, like, the super matter of fact. Like, they know their answer. Yeah. I don't know why they know their answer, but they know it. And they think oh. about it somehow, and there's Look, some processing. Yep. Yeah, little finger on the chin. Mm-hmm. She thought about it for about three seconds and just Ted Jansen. Fuck. Okay. Well, and Tim, so- we've we've had a bit on here before, but the way it works is we'll ha- get your top five going from number five to number one in reverse order. And now, a half-assed podcast exclusive. It's the top five ways to smoke. Take it away, fellas. So we'll have you rank your preferences. We've had a handful of people do this. There's been some... There's been some consistencies on the list. There's been a few um, a few outliers that just keep showing up that I'm surprised by. So I'm always interested to get someone's personal take on the best ways to consume the cannabis. You got a top five list for us? Um, yeah, I can put that together off the top of my head. Hell yeah. Um, uh, so to- number five, I would say, let's just say I can figure out five ways. I would say my least favorite way to get stone is dabs. That's okay. just too much, too much coughing. I just don't like to rip dabs. Okay, fair. Uh, number four, um, I would say probably a hitter slash vape because they're kind of the same thing to me. Okay. I got it. Just- man. I've been like every time I, I had to move home and do this. Anytime I like I can't find my shit or anything, I end up with one of those cigarette hitters. Yes. And I found like four the of them in a box and like they're chipped and they're falling apart. And I'm yes. like, this is like seriously uh, not a good look at age 49. No, I disagree because that actually was number five on my top five list of ways to smoke because it is super effective. You can pocket it, take it with you everywhere. It's it's a standard. I, I, I don't disagree with that one bit. I was so with Tracy. Number- Number three would probably be uh, uh, bong. Okay. I like to rip a bong, but it's probably got to be a special occasion. And the downside to ripping a bong is cleaning the bong. That's true. A dirty bong is not a pleasant experience. I'm pretty anal about keeping my glass clean. I got a nice display case that I keep it all in, and so pretty anal about that but uh, and that begs the side question now when you'd say bong define your favorite size shape and and arrangement of bong if you would uh well the biggest i've ever ripped was like a five footer but most of mine are probably 24 to 20 inches somewhere in that range i've got six or seven different bongs that will be rotated through so roughly a two footer it's a couple inch Okay, that's fair enough. It used to be my go-to. It's a good size. Uh, number two would have to just be an old-fashioned glass pipe. Solid, solid choice. I did. That definitely made my list as well. And then number one would have to be, and I'm going to reference uh, our buddy Craig, who used to be able to roll a joint while driving his Mustang. Um, but number one is marijuana cigarette all day. Yeah, I 
I was right there with you. I put it at number one myself. It's just the ultimate classic, classic way to to, to ingest some cannabis is roll it up in paper, man. To uh, piggyback off this, what's the first thing you smoked out of? Mm. For me, it was a corncob pipe. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I smoked out of one of those before, but not my first. Well, that that's an excellent question. That's going to go back to my uh, mine and Ron's buddy, Craig, again. Uh, we were, I was, think I was 16 years old, around the way home from Platteville, and uh, Craig looked at me and said, have you ever smoked weed? And I said, no. And he said, do you want to? And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I got stoned. I believe he just had one of those old school uh, piece metal pipes you know that you screw the bowl off of oh, yeah. the chamber right right, right. yeah the brass man damn oh yeah, yeah i love get the resin when you're out of weed yeah yep. that's what happened to me pretty much like i i threw a party i want i wanted to drink when that's all i wanted to do i wasn't even thinking about smoking this pull out this pipe like do you want to get high i was like i sure why not let's it's a party it's my first time doing this shit why not let's just do this and of course, I didn't. Yeah, you know, like most people, I, I don't know if you guys did, but I didn't get high the first time I smoked because, like, the second time I smoked, I was like, "Nope, this is a whole different feeling I than I got last not time." Not have that problem. Did not. <laughs> I did not either. You just brought me all the way back to that that metal pipe. Those 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 un- the things you screwed apart into three different pieces. Yes. Yep. What a weird era that was. And that I was, was a great playing era. a band. This is before weed was legal in Washington. We got pulled over. The cop opened up the van and started taking apart the drum set. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing? And his answer was, I know what this stuff is. And we're all sitting there. And I thought about it for like five minutes. (laughs) And I realized that dude must have been a high school loser who like saw somebody screwing a pipe together and didn't. And like, that's what he thinks everything is. That's a kick drum pedal. Fuck. I know what this is. He took half of the bass drum. He took half of the bass drum apart and then realized we were like, dude, there's you're not there's nothing here. You're taking a drum apart. He's like, okay, move on. (laughs) It's like good work, sir. Good work. Well done. Well done. Anyway, sorry. First smoke for me was a an apple, and then I ate it afterward. That's that's the way to go with an apple. Vintage, love it. I love it. Yeah, we we called it Washington style, you know, because <laughs> you know state fruit, and uh, we were in Washington, uh, and it was just the easy thing. You had well a, done. You had, always had a pen in the backpack, and someone always had an apple, and just burnt, burnt, pipe. Yeah, that used to be my coming home from a lacrosse special. I didn't want to carry anything, so. But my first my first smoke was actually a two foot bong, so. I did not have the problem of not getting high the first time. I was yes, super shockingly high. <laughs> trying to drive home, and, uh, and a cop got behind me, so I was like panicking. Yeah, this shit worked. I'm terrified. It's funny. I I've told the story before, and it it doesn't even sound real. But I the first time I got high, like Justin, I did not get high. But um, the kid that invited me over to his house and my best friend, and we were captains of the football team, and we did not get high. This kid was just kind of like, hey, you guys want to come over and party? Which, you know, back in 97 sounds a little bit different than it does now. But right. so we went over there, and his mom was totally the, 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 um, the woman who ran the uh, school-wide D.A.R.E. program. And this dude's just growing weed and smoking like a maniac in his basement. And his 80s, or his, you know, his mom who grew up in the 70s, 80s, had no idea what was going on. Did not get high then. Uh, Tried out of a bong. And then uh, a year later, I tried out of a can and got so high, I couldn't walk down the street. Uh, Um, The can. And then uh, that was my, my... my original uh, origin story. So to speak. I actually think the can made your top five when we did that. If I remember correctly, I believe I, I believe the can and the apple made my top yeah, five. That's true. And apple. Some eclectic top fives, but we got Tim's. So uh, Tim, if you want to take the opportunity to plug uh, the, the, all the things you do um, laid on us, Mr. Salesman. Ha <laughs> ha. All I do is smoke weed and advocate for the legalization of uh, an boy. right to yeah, love this guy, cannabis. Man. That's my favorite. That's all I care about. Fucking love Thompson's it. Hemp Company will sell THC-infused coconut oil someday. 
But for now, I just tell everybody I know that marijuana needs to be legalized. That's awesome. So uh, we had uh, Timmy T on. You can find him on Twitter if you want to see this fifth generation joint. Uh, Timmy T E A. You know, I like the weed. That's how you do that. So, Tim, thanks for coming on. Thank you for being a guest. Coming on a pod and shipping in. Words are proof. You are the greatest guest of them all. So, Tim, thanks for coming on. It's uh, it's been great. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me, Ron. Nice meeting you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks, thanks man. For, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, yep, love it. And the show description.